0: You're listening to the Every Day is a New Day show. I am your host, Kim O'Neill, and this is the show that reminds you we live in a world of infinite possibilities. You are more amazing than you know. You are never alone, and the one with the power has always been you. I speak with awesome guests who have inspiring stories and tools to support you on your journey forward. Every day is always a new day, and your days looking pretty bright. Right, hello, and welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, Kim O'Neill, and I have to admit. I am a bit giddy excited as today's interview is the first of a series of six interviews that I'm going to be doing with my fellow co-authors from our forthcoming book, Positive Minded People, Inspiring Stories of Overcoming Adversity for Living a More Positive Life. And today I have not one, but two amazing guests tonight who are both co-authors from the book. You know, earlier this year, I was already in the frame of mind that I wanted to write a book this year, and I imagined that this first book would be a co-authored book, and I was waiting for just that right opportunity, and along came this one, and I knew pretty immediately that this was the one that was right for me, so I was pretty excited about that, and there are nine total co-authors. We each wrote a chapter in the book that where we tell one of our life stories about overcoming adversity. And I say one of our stories because we all have more than one story of adversity, right? We are all these multi-dimensional people. And something I have had to learn is that we're able to create a stronger connection with each other. And even with ourselves, when we share those stories, when we really look at those stories, reflect on them, and allow ourselves to have our story, to know that it means something for us when we're, you know, when we're finally ready to, right? So it might take some time to get there. And so the stories in this book, positive-minded people, are truly powerful stories. I know that they will help you to feel supported and know that you are not alone. Whatever it is that you're going through in life right now. this book will be available for pre-order in October 2017, very, very soon here. So if you'd like to receive notifications about that, then I encourage you to go to the book's website, which is PositiveMindedPeople.com. And you can just do a quick little sign up there to receive announcements and be notified when it is available for pre-order. And so today, I do have two fantastic guests with me, and they are Benny Mayberry and Jamie Applin. And I'm gonna share with you just a little bit about their background, and then we're going to speak with them and and learn more about who they are and and talk about their story. So, Benny Mayberry is the founder of Positive Minded People, a 6,000 plus meetup community group that produces uplifting content and events in Los Angeles, California. He's produced over 100 positive events in just the past seven years that have been attended by thousands of people through his Positive Minded People group. And they've been featured in Success Magazine, CBS, PBS, and picked up by numerous other digital media outlets. Jamie Applin is a speaker, retreat facilitator, author, and transformational mentor. She creates space to help others uncover the love they have within themselves and allow them to feel free to be me. Much of her own personal journey has been to discover her own self-love, something she had never really experienced until recent years, but has been one of the most liberating experiences for her. And it shows because this girl is on a roll. So with that said, I would like to welcome both Benny and Jamie to the show. Welcome.
1: Woohoo! Hey. Hey.
0: <laughs> hey, hey. How are you two doing tonight?
1: We are doing, or I am doing absolutely great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How are you, Jamie? Fabulous, thank you. It's uh, lunchtime here um, in Australia, but um, the sun is shining we were just talking about before. The weather here at the moment is uh, kind of in between seasons, so yesterday was warm but got a like, lot colder. Um, but today, yeah, it's a bit cold, but, um, but yeah, life is fabulous, and it's absolute pleasure to be here with you guys.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm so glad you two could join me. I, we have so much that we could talk about, and so we're really just going to, you know, I have questions for you, but we're just going to go with the flow, and please feel free to share whatever comes up for you. So, so Benny, I, I'm going to start a little bit with you and and mention that I, you know, I had I had the pleasure of reading your story as well as Jamie's, and I'm just blown away. I already knew a little bit, but I'm just... I'm seriously so honored to be in this book with both of you because your stories are incredibly powerful. What I gathered from your story, Benny, I mean, you've got themes of poverty, mm-hmm. drug addiction, prison, hustling, advertising, not being a victim. I mean, it's, it, you've got it all in there.
1: It's, it's a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Walmart <and Liberty. laughs> oh, that's
1: funny. Well,
0: you know what? And so I, so I I think maybe I jumped a little bit ahead, because actually, I want to ask you, because Positive Minded People isn't just a book. You have had this group now for quite a while. Would you tell us more about that, and then how the book became part of this?
1: You know, I moved to California in 2008, um, right after, I guess you can say, the climax of a lot of the struggle that I experienced in my younger life. Two weeks after I moved here, my mother passed away. Um, And I was faced from how do I start over? How do I create a new life? And positive-minded people was birthed from that. After struggling with making friends and struggling with navigating my way in California, I felt like if I can't find it, I got to build it. And when I came across the Meetup platform, I said to myself, oh, this seems like a great tool to use. And Um, I started a group that was surrounded around positivity and I felt like let's just do things like let's go hiking or let's um, do volunteerism events. had no idea it would be as successful as it was Um, and my first event was attended by hundreds of people and I did very little advertising or very little marketing for it and um, from that moment on I started hosting events every single month um, all the way to where we are now and that's really how the story, you know, I, I, as all of these people came into the play of the community, I started hearing all of these amazing stories. And as I relished in people's stories of overcoming adversity, it just makes sense to start allowing people to use Positive mind People to plat- as a platform to be able to um, express themselves and express their stories and release it. And this is really where this book came from.
0: Wow, that's that's fantastic. It sounds absolutely like you were listening to your intuition and there really was a calling for people even at that time to have a place to be able to connect with each other and share their stories.
1: Absolutely. I think when you allow yourself to be a catalyst for um, at least trying to do something, you'd be surprised with the resources that shows up and the people that showed up in response.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Well, Benny, so... <laughs> Uh, everyone's going to benefit from buying this book, but would you give people just a little bit of a a taste and an overview of your chapter so that um, they can know a little bit more about about your story?
1: Absolutely. So um, my life has been a a lot of changes in my, I guess you could say, youth. Um, My family experienced great poverty. Um, When I was 11, my father was sent to prison. My father was involved in... um, selling drugs, and after that, my me and my mother had to fend for ourselves, and it um, landed us in extreme poverty. My mother never really um, worked, um, my father always took care of us, and so we went from living in beautiful homes all the way to living in an abandoned house with no electricity, no water, no, um, or I should say no hot water, no gas. And over the next 10 to 15 years, um, me and my, well, I should say more about 10 years, me and my mother um, had to fend as if it was a homeless people on the street. I used to take my school lunch home just to have something to eat. We slept next to fireplaces all while I was going to school acting like nothing was ever happening. Um, And in those experiences, um, I learned what it meant to hustle. And hustle sometimes get a bad um, um, ideal, but for my version of hustling, hustling really is meaning taking the little that you have and making it work um, and making it a stepping stone instead of something that's tripping you up. And my story is about how me and my mother found the way out um, little by little and how we overcome with absolutely no resources outside of ourselves, Um, all the way up to the moment my mother died um so um that's really what my story is and a lot of it includes suicide it includes drugs it includes um making it includes you know doing the unconventional to be able to just have something to eat at night um it, it talks about me it talks about learning how to smile when no one else when there's no reason to and no one is giving you a, a, a an excuse or giving you an opportunity or giving you a a uh uh, a light at the end of the tunnel to do so um and that's really what my story is about and that's what I shared in this chapter
0: wow 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 okay so uh, yeah, wow <laughs> 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 yeah you know what many I I don't think I'm the first one who's um the book's coming out soon so not many people have had the pleasure of reading it yet but um I don't think I'm the first one to say that I wanted to cry when I read it because it oh, just it you. touched me yeah it really did um well you know what I let's let me ask you so learning how to smile without a reason to what
1: what I mean you tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone has a bottom and one thing about what the bottom will teach you is it it will teach you to reach up higher. And being at so many different bottoms, you're faced with two choices. Either I'm going to succumb to it or either I'm going to reach for whatever I can. Imagine yourself drowning and you have no other choice but to reach for anything, whether it's a leaf, whether it's a piece of paper in the water, whether it's a board, whether it's you know, anything, you start reaching for something. And honestly, s- smiling was the only thing that I could reach for. Um, I had, I had things in my life that helped me Um, At the time, like church, music, poetry, um, those things really helped, and it kept me smiling. But when you're at your bottom, um, I, for me, my personality was always very determined, and never was a quitter. um, And smiling became a refuge. It's the smiling was the only thing that you can do when you're adolescence and your mother's in the other room getting high off crack and you have drug dealers coming in and out of your house, and prostitutes coming in and out of your house as a child that's 14, 15, 16 years old, and you have no power. But to be in your room and to do poetry and to write or simply just smile with no electricity and no food, you, you're faced with either being angry or you face with being happy. And the only way to smile is to choose it.
0: Powerful stuff, very inspiring. It And it's. And I can I identify with that as well, actually? I I have some of that in my background. Um, And it sounds really like that was maybe the start of you strengthening that positive-minded muscle. Does that... It teaches
1: resiliency. Um, Sometimes people go through one particular thing in life, and then there's other people who go through a multiple series of things. Um, I will say for me, I I probably fell in that category of the one who went through multiple (laughs) things, Um, But there's something about going through things, whether no matter how small or big, it teaches you to to reach back in the past and um, make those tools and things that you do that makes you bounce back. It becomes a habit. You know, it becomes something that you practice. Um, And I will say having those situations over and over again, over a 10 year period of my life. It became so natural to be able to just bounce back <laughs> I mean there comes a point where you just want to say um, I'm tired but after you practice knowing how to bounce back so many times you just you just <laughs> it, you, you, you become oh you become not scared of it you just say I can do this and I've done it before I've seen it before and I can go through that and go through this so we're gonna do this thing um, nice. and it, it carries me even now in my professional life because I tell you Working in the entertainment industry and advertising, you get a lot of no's before you get a yes. And um, I've learned that, hey, a no is just a stepping stone to the next yes.
0: And did you tell any of your friends at the time when you were you know, still going through all this with your mom in Alabama, did you tell any of your friends or was there anybody that you could go to that would be a source of support or help for you?
1: Absolutely. Well, no, I have to be honest with you, when you're adolescence and you're dealing with a family member who's struggling with addiction and you're dealing in a household that you don't have running electricity. Mind you, I didn't have electricity in my household for three years from my from my from my sophomore year all the way into my senior year. Me going to graduation, I had to prepare my graduation clothes in the middle of the dark. Um, it when you when you're adolescence, you don't want to tell anybody because you simply don't want the state to take you away from your mother. And me, and my mother was all that we had so i rarely told anybody um but i smiled through every single situation everyone knew me as this positive upbeat person i was the one in school encouraging people and being um uh, a source of light to others going home when i didn't even have lights real lights you know and um i will say that you know, I had things at, at that time in my life, um, I had my, my church family and I had music and I had things of that nature to kind of turn to, but there really wasn't anyone to turn, there really wasn't anyone to talk to about this stuff. It wasn't until my older life, or that older adult life, um, that I began to really kind of process it. A lot of that processing came through this book. Ah,
0: well, you know, I wanted to ask you, yeah, what has the healing process been like for you?
1: Goodness. Um... Um, I will say the healing process for me has been simply not running away from the truth of what happened. Um, My mother and her addictions, I saw her running away from her situations. I saw how even myself tried to run away in many times in my life. I tried to commit suicide three times, uh, just um, overwhelmed by the things that I was experiencing um, but I will say that, and in, as in, in my healing process, it's been about. I I took I remember in 2011 I took a three week sabbatical and I literally went with a therapist and I hashed out every single thing that I went through. I cried. I approached it. I I I, I touched everything. I, I tried to. Overtone or every rock, you know, about the situations and really, really deal with it. Um, and that was probably one of the hardest periods of my life, but I chose that experience. And I think the important thing about being healed is choosing to be healed and being okay with what that looks like, even when it hurts.
0: Oh my goodness. So, Benny, thank you so much for having the courage to share that. I hope that was not too invasive.
1: Um, Jeez, I've, been okay. I've been through it. I've been, through it. I've been through it. There's nothing too invasive at this point.
0: Okay. Okay. I, you know what? It takes courage to be able to, to talk about the healing process. And I mean, especially just what you said at the beginning about not running away from it, that, that right there, not running away from it, choosing to allow ourselves to feel things. I mean, that's been a whole journey for me. I, I used to think like, well, if I'm crying, then I'm feeling it. But no, not necessarily. <laughs> there's there's more that, that you know, is, is involved in the healing process and, and actually feeling what's going on. So And can think, I just
1: say something about, about at, yeah. feeling? Yes. It, you know, emotions are very powerful and can either lead you down very positive paths or very negative paths. I I try to tell people it's okay to feel, but sometimes you need a safe space to be able to do that. And this is where friends and family, um, even therapists, you know, that sounds like a very out there type situation, but many people don't give themselves permission to feel, and sometimes people who do give themselves permission to feel do not create a structure that will lead them to something more positive in the emotions. And I think if, I think that's very important in the healing catalyst is being able to have a safe space, but also being able to um, uh, be able to know what to do with the feelings and not be victimized by it. And that's what friends, family, structure, journaling, all those things gives you a structure to be able to express, let it go and be able to keep pushing forward. That is,
0: that is, yes, yes, yes. When you say structure, do you mean, say, going to a therapist or do you mean something else? What does structure look like to you?
1: Um, I would say when you experience something traumatic in your life, You don't really know how to, you don't really know what to do with the feelings. You just know that they're there. And you're either reacting to the feelings or you are becoming a victim of the feelings. Uh, Structure for me is both mental and also both tangible. Mental being able to say, I'm okay with feeling these feelings, understanding that I am not my feelings. I am, these feelings are my truth in this moment, but they're not the truth of my life. The structure is being able to have friends and family in place to give a perspective so that you don't become overwhelmed by the uh, experience of it all. The friends and and family or even therapists will come in and help you formulate a structure or formulate a, a perspective that allows you to look more positive at the situation. For me, my structure was at the time, um, like I said, I had a church community, I had music, I had arts to help give me perspective about the things. But when you don't have perspective, this is where you find people falling into things like suicide or people falling victim and feeling helpless because they just don't have perspective. It's okay to have emotions, but the emotions without perspective leads to damage. And mm. that's very important.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it sounds, sounds a lot like a support system and people in in place to help you as you're going through the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Um, You know, in in your chapter, you talk a lot about you went to school and then you went home and you had to, you know, you had to sort of cover up for the things that your mom was doing and and tend to household needs. Was there ever a time where you were able to just go outside and play and, and have more of a childhood experience?
1: When my father went to jail at 11, I had to become an adult very, very early. Um, I, I, In fact, my cousin today sent me a picture of me when I was 12 years old and I was looking in my eyes and I just saw a very, um, I saw me, but I also saw the weight that I was up under. And uh, my, my way of being a child, I mean, I was helping my mother pay bills at 11, 12, 13 years old. Um, But I did have some form of of childhood in school. School was a way of escape for me. Um, When I was in church, I played music. Those things allowed me to be a child. Um, Before my father went to jail, I had some sense of childhood, you know, because we had money and things of that nature. But um, I feel like it my childhood played out after, I, after my, mother died. I when I, when my mother died. I felt when my mother died, I found myself have, uh, almost reverting to where I was maybe, or where I should have been as a child, 11, 10, 12 years old, and I had to grow into my adulthood. Um, so there were moments where I just really didn't have the opportunity to be a child um, until after my, fa- after my mother passed away. It was really interesting.
0: Wow. You mentioned that your father had gone to jail when you were a kid. What is your relationship with your father like today?
1: It's very interesting. My father's been in prison for 21 years, and he just he just got out of jail in May. Wow. Um, and I am now rekindling that relationship with him. We've kept up over the years, but my mother was really the catalyst for keeping us together. After she died, we didn't communicate it out. We didn't communicate that much. Um, but now that he's out, we're building, rebuilding our relationship. And honestly, it feels like he never left. As a child, the way that I dealt with it was I imagined him on a very extended vacation when my we had a very my family name was pretty prominent where we come from because my, a lot of my family was in education um, so when people asked me where my father was, I always said he was on vacation I always said that he was on vacation so I think I mentally subconsciously embraced that so when he came home, it almost felt as if he was just coming home from vacation, even though it was a twenty one year vacation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's, what's the overall message you hope people take away from reading your story, Benny? Wow. <laughs> I, and it's okay. I know there's, there's many, right?
1: <laughs> um, the resiliency of the human spirit is very powerful. And in the moment of our worst despair, it is very hard to bounce or even imagine ourselves bouncing back. In my circumstances, I had the ability to navigate through drugs, through a, through homelessness, through poverty, through dealing with an addiction parent, only by having moments to be able to escape, and to well escape in the sense of being able to process things through music, through spirituality, through um, writing, through having alternatives to the noise, and which allowed me to have perspective. Um, I also realized through my life that all the things that I experienced, I used them as tools instead of them as weapons. And I, it is my hope and prayer that as people read my story and read about how me and my mother overcome just simple, small things, that people will use their situations as tools and not let them be weapons against them. And that's what my hope and prayer is.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. Benny, what's next for the Positive Minded People group and for you?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, over the years, I've, I've hosted so many events. I want Positive Minded People to now be a platform for others. First starting off with this book, um, this book is allowing nine people or eight people, including myself, to be able to share their story. But it's almost 7,000 people um, in the group and we're joining at least a couple hundred every month um, so I want we're, we're creating a web platform for people to be able to share their stories through both video and both through blog content um, I've been um, as in my professional life I work in advertising and an in entertainment industry and I've been working a lot with um, creating a platform both on video and TV platforms for people to be able to share um, and also, this book—I, you know, while this is the first one, I think it's the first of many, of um, being able to source stories right in our own uh, group and allow people to share. So, my my goal for Positive Mind People is allow people to be allowed to be a platform for people to share, to inspire, and to impact the world through stories.
0: Awesome! And there's a, there's an event coming this weekend. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. The very first event that I ever had through the group was the Mount Hollywood motivational hike, where we hike up Mount Hollywood here in Los Angeles and we invite local speakers to give a motivational session at the top. We do games and music and all types of stuff along the way. Um, That's coming up this weekend um, and um, I invite everyone um, to come out and enjoy. Awesome. So for those who are hearing this uh, as we're recording live,
0: that is this Saturday, October 14th and go to meetupcom and find the positive minded people group and you can get all those details for that and I'd like to just give a quick shout out to all our listeners because I'm receiving messages of those who are listening so thank you thank you thank you well I <laughs> I am so glad that I got through most of my questions with Benny <laughs> Benny thank you so much for being here and don't go anywhere because we're probably going to come back to you but we are going to take a little break, and I think the break is roughly 90 seconds to two minutes. So just stay right there. If Again, if you'd like to you know, receive those notifications of when the book comes out, go to PositiveMindedPeople.com and do a quick little sign-up there. And uh, we're just so excited. You're going to love this book. So anyway, stay right there. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk to Jamie Aplin.
1: Woo-hoo, Jamie
0: No matter how your life looks today, your possibilities are endless. You deserve all the joy, peace, and excitement in life that you desire. Life doesn't come with a manual, and that's why personal coaching is so awesome. Moving forward is easier, creating a new reality for yourself, healing your mind and body. It's all possible. Visit KimOnealCoaching.com today to learn more and schedule your free consultation. What books are you reading? Are you ready for a must-read? Winner of the Inspirational Book of the Year Award and International bestsellers, Dare to Dream, This Life Counts by Debbie
1: Dashinger as well as the acclaimed Wisdom to Success, The Surefire Secrets to Accomplish All Your Dreams. Buy the books from Amazon today. U.S. Book Review and Writer's Digest said these are critics' picks by Debbie Dashinger, Dare to Dream and Wisdom to Success contain gems to live your life by.
0: Sometimes we wish we could practically do nothing and still feel better. Guess what? You kinda can. When you schedule a Reiki or guided meditation session, you can just be and receive and allow the energy to shift. There's relief. These energy sessions can be done alone or combined with a coaching session. Find out more at kimonealcoaching.com and click on the Energy Work tab. Do you have a published book that never reached its bestseller potential? Are you working on a book or e-book you hope to publish soon? Do you have a book locked inside waiting to release your message to the world? Go to mybestsellerbook.com. My Bestseller Book will launch your book to a guaranteed bestseller status. Learn more at mybestsellerbook.com. right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Of course, you're listening to Every Day is a New Day. I'm your host, Kim O'Neill, and I am talking with the authors from Positive-Minded People, the book. Um, Let me give you the full title again. Okay. It's called Positive-Minded People, Inspiring Stories of Overcoming Adversity for Living a More Positive Life. And I am just I'm so excited to talk to Jamie. She is coming to us live from Australia today. How are you doing, Jamie? <laughs> I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I love your story because you, and i yeah, we've talked about this outside, you know, outside of being part of the book too. Like you have gone through so much in such a short period of time. Your story talks about, um you talk about mother's guilt and self-love and there's a whole lot of other stuff in there too uh, why would you please give us an overview of your chapter
2: absolutely and exactly like you said my transformation really has only been over the last 18 months wow. um where really i what i would call live my life as i knew it up until early last year 2016 And then really I got to the point where I was at my lowest, most darkest point in my life. I was riddled with depression, anxiety um, and drug addiction. And and at that point in my life I just like fell into this massive hole, you know, progressively over this time. Um, And really it was my point where I decided that my life was worth more than what I felt I had been. Um, and that really stems from, you know, my, my girls now are six and five years old, two beautiful girls. And um when I had them, I, I had this I had this feeling like I just had to be a stay at home mum, because that's exactly what my mum had done, and you know, to be there for them and and all those kind of things. So, you know, prior to that I was a very much a career driven, motivated, you know, um, woman. And and really when I became a mum, I felt like I had to become this mum like, you know, picture, I guess, you know, where you put all your life on hold and you go, yep, you know, I've got to do everything for my children. And and so at that point, um, you know, after they were born and they were very close together, they are only 13 months apart. And, you know, really at that point I felt like I was giving them everything that they needed but I wasn't giving anything to myself and I was very much, it, it took quite a few years to kind of unravel but I find that when you when you live up to an expectation of, you know, someone else or, you know, where you think you need to be and you're not there. Like I got to the point where I felt so unfulfilled as a mom, and I wasn't doing, you know, the right job and, you know, all those kind of things that it got me to the point where I literally was so disaligned with who I actually was. Although I say I never probably knew who I was, it was who I thought I was. Um, and that was always always to do with, you know, titles. <clears throat> You know, I was a wife and then I became a mother, you know, or as a career woman. So all of those kind of titles or labels um, that I'd probably associated with my whole life, that's not who you are. So I, I tried to live up to those things and never felt like I, I kind of ever made it essentially. Um, so my story very much is around and, and it really, you know, stemmed from this mother's guilt where I felt like I just wasn't being the mum to my girls that I should have been. Um, so that guilt it just built up and built up and and a big catalyst for that as well was when my daughter was my eldest daughter um, was 20 months old and she got diagnosed with cerebral palsy so at that point when you're faced with you know finding out that your daughter is going to have a lifelong disability there was a part of me that felt well I you know I gave birth to her I carried her there must be some part of that you know that was my fault so I think from that moment going forward I was just constantly trying to um cover up this guilt and the layers just went on uh, you know on top and on top and it was just it got to, like I said to the point where I was you know in depression anxiety and I was using drug addiction to escape that reality because I felt like I literally was like a robot I had no feelings I just I, I was just trying to block out all of all of those things that you know um you know were underlying I guess so
0: what I love about you sharing your story is I think mother's guilt is a very common theme for a lot of moms and and so by sharing your story you're you're helping them see that there's a way out and that it's okay to not be attached to the labels and those expectations did when you became a mom did did you anticipate any any sort of change or challenge that you know like this or anything different than what you experienced?
2: Not really and they say like you're never ready to become a mother and you know my husband and I have been together for we'd just gotten married I think the year before so we'd been together for nine years uh, nearly 10 years and we'd always said we'd wanted children and it wasn't until um, I actually got really sick and I got diagnosed with endometriosis and they said you know if you're going to have children you probably want to have have them relatively soon and you know it was something I said it was always on our radar but it wasn't like okay we're going to do this this and this and then have a child so it was never kind of planned as such we knew we wanted to you know have children so when we kind of got faced with that it's like okay cool you know we'll um you know we'll go down that path and and then um got news to the obstetrician that it you know might be likely that we might not be able to have children and you know to be faced with the fact of yeah one day we're going to have children one day we're going to have children and then kind of get to the point where you're like well actually you don't know if you can have children it was like Oh, wow! Like you know how 's that going to unfold? and we were blessed we we fell um pregnant within a month of of um, of essentially trying, so she was obviously meant to be so at that point, it was very much like wasn 't even on the radar to have children, so when it kind of happened, we were very blessed to you know have it happened but i don 't know that I had any expectations about what being a mum would be like. Um, I think most of our thoughts, I guess around you know being a mum comes from our childhood and what it was like for, for um, our parents or our mum or dad. So for me, and that's why I probably made the decision to put my career in and my life on hold as I knew it was because that's what my mum, my mum was a stay-at-home mum and, you know, she always looked after us while my dad had his own business. So, um, you know, in regards to, you know, foreseeing any challenges, I mean, yeah, your life gets changed upside down, you know, having children is a whole whole nother world, but I didn't really feel like it would take me on the path. Um, that it really did but I'm so, so grateful that it did because like I said before, I never probably knew exactly who I actually was because I was always so attached to these labels and these titles whereas now um, and I talk about it, you know, people say, oh, you know, who are you, Jamie? And I say, I'm free to be me because that's how I feel now um, because I know what it's like to not feel free and I know what it was like to not feel like myself. So, um Yeah, it's taken me on the most incredible journey and even my girls to this day, they are my greatest teachers. Um, They teach me um, so much more about how to love myself and be all that I can be so that they see that. I don't tell them what they need to do. They see that in their own mum and I think there's nothing more powerful when in being that type of role model for your girls. So, you know, had I continued on the path I was on where I was giving up everything for my girls, I think, well, by the time they would have got to 20, they would have gone, oh, I'll just put my life on hold to have children. I think, well, for me now, I feel like I'm in such an amazing place and so are they because I'm living my life to be myself um, and they benefit greatly from that. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Tell us more about what that turning point was like for you.
2: So I've talked about this to other people. Um, In life, like I said, I was so disaligned with who I was and really, you know, I think that when we're born, there's a greater purpose for us being here. And I don't know that it needs to be this almighty, you know, um, pinnacle place we reach, but I feel like our purpose in life is actually just to be ourselves and embody that like 120%. I think that's the only purpose we're actually here designed for. Um, so, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was no, the question again? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I, I mean, I think you
0: answered it. I mean, it's, it, it sounds like the turning point was learning that it's okay to just be you and to not, yes. to not have yeah. to attach labels to yourself.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think it was also um, the, the moment, the pivotal moment that changed my life was when I wrote uh, I'm sorry letter to my girls. Um, I was part of a um, a, workshopping, um, a workshop event and um, about parenting and we got asked to write a I'm sorry letter to our girls, obviously not to read to them but just more of it as a, as a healing thing. Um, and what came out of that was I just released so much guilt. So when releasing, you know, Benny talked about before, emotions, you know, negative emotions, when they're not released – or healed they build up they manifest they get nasty and it just it like it had consumed me this guilt so really when I forgiveness or acceptance is one of the most powerful things that you can do in order to heal um, and in order to become more aligned with who you are so for me um yeah just releasing that guilt and going you know what like you know, and this letter is actually, um, I actually wrote it in the book so that people could understand what that moment was like for me. um, And really just, you know, I I think the first line of the the letter was, you know, mummy hasn't been herself for a long time now and I don't really know where she went. Um, And this letter just flowed. It was like divine intervention. Like I just, my hand couldn't keep up and what it was was this, this guilt was just wanting to be released and by me putting myself in a, in a place, a safe place um, to share that, um, it just opened me up and I literally, I explain it like a light went off inside me. It's like by clearing baggage, by clearing things that are holding me back, this light starts to, to, to you know, glow again and that for me was my, my worth. I was worth more than where, where I had been in my life until that point.
0: Benny talked earlier about uh, having structure as part of the healing process, and part of that was the support system uh, that he had in his situation. What what support system did you have in your situation, or did you did you have one?
2: I, I absolutely did, um, and at that point in my life, um, it was made public about um, the drug addiction that I had. So very much. Um, majority of the people that had been part of my life and particularly this time as well actually decided to separate from my husband and really just go on my own journey so at that point um the parenting um workshop that i went to was also the the lady also facilitated a a spiritual group and for me i hadn't investigated spirituality didn't really know what it was about hadn't really ever you know thought too much about it so for me i realized that it resonated with me all of a sudden. It was like, you know what, like in order for me to fix my life or, you know, to be where I want to be, I need to spend time on myself discovering what lights me up, like who am I actually about? And that was the first time in my life that I'd actually gone and done that. So for me there was a community that I was a part of. So from my real-world life I completely – started a new life I think if you want to call it like that Um, but I had this community where they were you know spiritual minded people and all of a sudden I felt like I could talk to people about what I'd been through without judgment because at that point what I needed was a safe space to go you know what and I, and I talk about it, you know, and it's so strong and, and so did Benny, you know. In owning my story was one of the most powerful things that I ever did was because all of a sudden I was like, you know what, this is my story. And for me now to even be at this point and sharing this publicly and, and in the book, it's a huge thing because it just means that you're so at peace with that story. Um, so that community for me, like I guess it's very similar to what Benny's you know, created in the, um, the positive-minded people. Where it's just a safe space to talk and stories. Like I love stories. You know, there's so much power in stories. So um I just felt all of a sudden like I could just be myself and not be judged. And consequently just I guess probably, you know, made my journey go faster because I could embed myself in that type of um situation where I could just be myself. So <clears throat>
1: Well,
0: you, you mentioned, you mentioned having to step away a little bit from the life that you were living at that time, and I can imagine that had to be really challenging. Making that decision to do that, what, what, what helped you to to decide one way or the other? Or what, how did you know that that was the right next step for you?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was. The way that I explain it is how it had been since I'd had my girls was to be selfless. So give everything to everybody else and and have nothing. Like I had no hobbies. I had no real life, if you want to look at it. I had no sense of self. So the fact that that selfless attitude or selfless perspective had got me into severe depression, anxiety, and drug addiction, it was like, well, I can't go down that path again. Like that, that was no longer an option. People go, oh, you know, how did you do it, you know? So easily, it's like because I realized that by being selfless, I had literally nothing for me. So I actually became selfish. I decided that I was my number one priority in order to, to help my girls and to, you know, um, you know, repair my relationship, my marriage. It all started with me. So it's like, okay, cool. So I went from being selfless, that got me to dark place. So it's like I'm going to be selfish and put myself first. Um, so for me, that was just like amazing. So when I made that decision to, you know, separate from my husband and just take the time for me, it felt so right in my heart. And it was all of a sudden, again, by clearing stuff out, I was like, all of a sudden I was trusting, you know, you talk about, you know, with intuition, you know, you start to trust that this is the right decision for me. I didn't like, you know, my husband is the most amazing man and, you know, we're back together now. And, you know, I just trusted that this was right for me, so this would, would be what is right for people around me as such as well. Um, so that's what I did and it was interesting because Mark and I have been together for like, you know, since we're 18, so a long time, um, and um, I just, I felt like I was like young again. I was like, oh, my God, like I felt like the world was at my feet. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Because all of a sudden I was like I was making decisions for myself, Um And it felt amazing. So to make that original decision, um, yes, because it doesn't conform with the norm. Or how could you walk away? You had a, you know, had a good marriage and a beautiful family and all those kind of things. But I just knew what was right in my heart. And when you follow your heart, you always need, you always go where you need to be. So... Wow. That's another courageous decision wow. is choosing.
0: I know, right, Benny? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Choosing to take time away from everything as you knew it to give back to yourself, fill your own cup up. And so, Jimmy, I know that you now, you now host a really awesome group online for others who are needing a space to develop more self-love. And would you just share a little bit about that, so people can look you up if they want to find out more about that?
2: Definitely. So um, I think it's been a couple of different things, and particularly, um, you know, even this whole positive-minded, you know, group that Benny. I think it was a bit of inspiration, and in, but it's been something that has been really close to my heart because at the time that I needed, I needed that community. So now I'm in a place where it's just like, you know what, I want to create that space for others because I know how incredibly hard it can be when you're, you know, transitioning or really, you know, growing into yourself that your real world, like your work world or your friends' world that, you know, may have been like that for years is it may not facilitate that change for you. Um, so now I've created the Free To Be Me um, Consciousness Community, which is a Facebook closed group. Um, where I've got some amazing people in there that are showing up as themselves and to have that safe space. Um, so that's incredible. And likewise, I've created a free-to-be-me consciousness community Adelaide um, in meetup. Um, so I'm hosting my first event um, here on the 23rd of October. And it's, again, it's just going to be this community safe space for people to go to um, talk about their story, develop you know, and understand more about themselves um, and just allow them to, um, to to speak, I guess, freely because I know how much, like that was pivotal to me and my transformation and um, I want to provide that safe space for others to do the same. So um, anyone out there listening that would love to, and it, it's all about showing up as you. I don't want, you know, the glossy, you know, pretty parts that, you know, sometimes we have to show people in our lives. This is really about you um, showing up as yourself, um, so yeah, I would love you guys to um, to make contact with me and um, and be a part of the group. It's just incredible. Beautiful.
0: I I think a lot of people need a space like that, so that's really wonderful that you're providing providing that for people.
1: And if I, like, I I love that, Jamie, because when you're the first step of healing is simply to be real and to be free, and when you can't be free with what's real you know, you're, you're, you're only creating a cycle instead of a straight line. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm. Thank you, Benny. Yeah. Yep. Well, before we close, is there anything that that either of you would like to
0: add something I haven't asked you? I mean, Benny, we didn't really talk much about your mom and she's like a huge pivotal part of your story. Um, and, and, and what I love is that Jamie, you know, has that sort of mom perspective that she's able to add from her own story, but is there anything either of you would like to add before we, we start to wrap up?
1: Um, I would just say, yeah, my story, my mother is a huge part of my story. Um, and it's interesting that Jamie's story is a lot about being a mother. Um, I saw my mother deal with a lot of mother's guilt. My mother felt very incomplete and very inadequate as a mother because she was strictly because she was on drugs herself and not and very strung out on it. And there were many, many times of my growing up that my mother would cry to me and, and tell me sorry for not being able to be the mother that she felt like she should have been. Um, and I will say that when you have to be positive, not only for yourself, but for others, it could be extremely hard because sometimes in you trying to help other people, you're asking, where can I be filled And where do I have my security blanket and my hope? Um, And I hope, I, I, I will like to say that sometimes people in the security blanket that you're looking for will never be outside or never come from the outside. It will always come from within and having that radical optimism. And I will say that my mother, even in her worst, she always had a moment of saying, we can make this work, we could find a way, and, and through the tears, we're going to traverse over that. Um, you'll learn a lot about in my story about how we overcame a little bit of poverty by selling bootleg v- uh, v- uh, VHSs when we were young. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll learn in my story about how that story opened up my mother to new possibilities. And I told my mother before she died, thank you, for being an example of relentless making it work, <laughs> quote, you know, quote, unquote, making it work, trying to make it work. And that is the one positive thing that has stick with me through the years is that you make it work because no one else will work it for you. And, and for that reason, as Jamie said about mother's guilt, my mother has nothing to be guilty about. And Jamie has nothing to be guilty about because through her own experiences and her mm-hmm. own triumphs. Her kids now have a springboard off of her story. And mm-hmm. for that, there's nothing to be guilty about it. It's only to be real with the truth because the truth, you know, like the old, like an old Bible scripture says, the truth will make you free.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Woo, That is a fantastic ending before the ending, Benny. So thank you to that for that. Um, radical optimism, I love it. Well, and Jamie, it was, you know, was there anything extra that I didn't ask you that you wanted to add and either way?
2: Yeah, I just, I something I guess that's just, you know, come up as you've been talking is, you know, when people, and I know myself when I was in depression, anxiety, like for me and, and you know, addiction, you know, anything that you're, you know, feel like you're just trapped with that you just, you know, how am I going to get myself out of it? You know, the way that I explain it is that those those things, And I, I, I call them blessings now um, is because they make you get to a point where you have to make that choice. You make that choice to either stay there and continue. I mean, and I did for quite a few years. So I totally honor anyone that's out there listening today that is going through that because if someone said to me two and a half years ago, Jamie, you need to change. I would have like gone up. No, you know what? See you later. All right. So I totally respect that, but it's important. Like I see them as blessings is because they get you you to such a point where, like I said, you have the decision to stay where you are or you have the decision to change. And for me, I, I literally got to the point where my breaking point, my point of no return, where I knew something had to change. And for anyone out there listening, you know, It can be the smallest change. It just has to be a change. I remember um, this blog that I, this this day that I had where I decided that I wanted to become a morning person and so I moved my phone away from my bed so that I had to get up to my alarm. And um, at that point um, it was like I got up and I woke up five minutes before my alarm and ended up going for a walk. But long story short, this blog talks about this completely, so I called it One New Thought, One Completely New Day. So never feel like you have to make a, you know, drastic, huge, massive change in your life in order for you to move in the right direction. Just decide, make a decision that, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to do this different and yes. then potentially the next day. But it's this snowball effect. Like, it's incredible. I explain it like when you go through anxiety, you have one, one bad thing happens and it spirals out of control. That's anxiety. Think about it in the opposite way. Okay, I'm going to make one small change and then all of a sudden all these other things will come up because you're changing. So, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Just make make the decision and mm-hmm. start to do something. I can totally resonate with that. Well, thank you to both of you, both Benny and Jamie, for being on the show today. Thank <laughs> you. You're welcome. Oh, I absolutely have loved this. And as a reminder, the Positive Minded People book will be available this month, October 2017. And, and... We have some really, really awesome bonus giveaways for those who order during the pre-order phase, which might only be a week or so. So I absolutely recommend going to the website and signing up so you can receive that notification so that you can order and get those bonus giveaways. And here are just a few of them. So we have a digital download of my 13-minute guided meditation that will help you get grounded and regain inner peace. We have a digital download of author Calvin Witcher's relationship book, which is about how to create conscious and connected relationships. We have some really cool, magical incense by author Gianna Chichelli. And we have a 20-minute intuitive reading that you can get with author Noah Alvarez, who I'm actually going to be speaking to next month on this show on November 8th. And if you'd like to also find us on social media, you can go to Facebook or Instagram at Positive Minded People Book. If you have loved hearing from today's authors, I am still doing five more of these shows. Some will be only accessible via Facebook Live and others will be here on BBS just as you listen to this one. If you'd like to see the ones that are going to be on Facebook live, you can go to Facebook and find me at Kim O'Neill coaching and O'Neill is O N E I L L at Kim O'Neill coaching and see a list of the other upcoming interviews. You can find that on my website, which is Kim And of course, all of those links, social media, website, all of it also right there accessible on the BBS page for this show. Lastly, I want to leave you with what my underlying message is for every single person in the world, which means you. You are more amazing than you know. Ooh, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) You are more amazing than you know. (laughs) It's absolutely okay for you to be who you truly are. You have two stories today from two people who've done just that. And I hope, lastly, that you will always, 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 can't say it enough, always, (laughs) know that you are never, ever alone, even when it seems like it. So through our stories, you can gain glimpses of where to connect with your support system if you don't already feel like you have one. Some of that can be reaching out to groups like, you know, Benny was a part of his church and Jamie had other people she knew and she, you know, found a spiritual group in my story, which I haven't shared with you yet. My story actually had a lot to do with connecting inside and with, uh, you know, a a source greater than me, I refer to as my higher self. So just know that you are never alone. There is always help. Every day is always a new day. I had to get that in, right? That's what the show is called. (laughs) Every day is always a new day. The sun will always rise again. And you do have the power to overcome adversity in your life, whatever your circumstances may be. Connect with others around you. Ask for help if you need it. And love yourself more every day as best as you can, even if you're still trying to figure out what the heck does that even mean. (laughs) know that there is always, always hope because every day is always a new day. And with that, I hope you have a fantastic one. So until next time, bye for now.